0: talking to Dave and you guys have a new game coming out called Homefront. Tell me about it.
1: So, Homefront is a game about. It's set in the year 2027. and It's about an occupied USA, and that's really one of our key hooks for the game: is allowing players to experience what the what it would be like to, you know, experience that world. You know, we hear about occupation and oppression, and we see it on the news, and it happens to other countries. But when we when we started Homefront, we asked ourselves a what if question. We said, "What if the U.S. was occupied? What would it be like to experience that?" Because we always just see it happening to other countries across the ocean. So. When, uh, when we bring that, that idea and that concept to the U.S., it really allows us to create this scary near-future USA that has this The sort of premise of our, the next statement of our premise is called the familiar has become alien. So we want to take all these familiar elements that we as Americans or that internationals are familiar with through America from TV and film or by growing up here, you know, things that are part of our everyday lives, the suburbs we grow up in, you know, places where we shop and raise our children, and all of these have been twisted by occupation in, in home front.
0: And what separates this from other shooters?
1: Well, what I've just described is, I think, one of the key differentiators, you know? This is not about having America as the backdrop for some combat. This is really about allowing the gamer to experience what America would be like in this occupied scenario. So it certainly is about the combat, but it's also more than that. It's about the human emotional depth side of it. And what happens, you know, these are, this is not conventional military that you're playing. These are civilians turned resistance fighters, and you're outnumbered, and you're outgunned, and things go wrong and you make mistakes, and you know, there's a level of emotional depth you don't really get in FPS. I think the genre is fairly absent from it right now, so that's one of our major key hooks on the single player side.
0: Now, I know this game is going to come out both on the PC and the Xbox 360. Talk a little bit about the technology behind the PC game.
1: So, we're using the Unreal Engine, actually. We've been working with it for about 5 years, so it's pretty heavily modified by this point. Um, but that gives us a foundation to develop both on the Stream 360 and the PC. Uh, the PC is actually not just going to be a straight port of the 360. We're adding specific features for the PC audience, you know, really making it a PC-centric title. A lot of our roots in the studio come from PC development, so, you know, we have a fondness for that and we have a deep understanding of what the PC gamers really want, so.
0: And is PC gaming, the technology behind it, getting better? You know, you're hearing a lot about PC gaming, people are worried it's going to go away. You're, you're there. You're in in the front lines of it. What do you think about it?
1: It's it's a tough question. You know, it definitely has been on the decline, but then it really depends on the type of game. A lot of PC gamers will only play shooters uh, on the PC because of the mouse and that accuracy that they want. You know, RTSs for example are still, PC is the best platform for those types of games. Um, I think it's really going to kind of depend on how the PC evolves and the console evolves. You know, one thing for me is used to be a really hardcore PC gamer and then I got a big screen TV and I'm like, ah, oh, I can play games on this like 50 or 60 inch TV, sold, right? So that's a, definitely a downside for the PC, but I think certain skews, certain titles still make a lot of sense and, and you know, keep players like StarCraft, the next one's coming out and I think that'll have a huge following on PC, so.
0: And when you're having to, to build and create a game that's going to be on multiple platforms, what are the challenges behind that?
1: Well, it's always interesting. I mean, on the PC side of it, you have all the graphics cards and the different hardware to contend with, right? So you're testing your shader models; all sorts of things have to be taken into account for that. Um, with Unreal, it actually does a pretty good job for us of being very cross-platform between those two, um, and the, the Xbox architecture and the PC architecture is very similar. So it is fairly painless to do it, other than. You know, with the Xbox, you know exactly what hardware hardware you're building for. Obviously, on the PC, it's different in every machine. So,
0: When you talk about that, when you talk about the elements of a PC, is the graphics card the biggest unknown, like, for what people have on their machines? Is that the most important thing?
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, processor speed and memory and so on, and you have to set the minimum requirements for that. But their experience is probably most affected, assuming they've met the base requirements, by the level of the graphics card, because it just speeds up the game, the quality of the rendering is so much different. While on the Xbox, you're building to one target, so you know exactly what the game's going to look like for every player out there. But on the PC, you know, you have a low spec, min spec to, to max spec, and everybody's going to have somewhat of a different experience. So, as a developer, you want them all to have the best experience and to be able to craft it exactly how you want it to be, but uh, that's, you know, part of the PC development, so. so.
0: what do you think the minimum specs for Homefront or your typical uh, PC game are these days? Back in the day, you needed a $5,000 computer to really be able to play things like Far Cry or these great, like, PC games, but what about now? I suppose
1: it depends how cutting edge you are. If you really want to, you know, see the Direct X 11 graphics and all the little tweaks and the smoke effects and everything that the developer may put into that. Um, if you really want to be on the bleeding edge, you're probably getting into a two or three thousand dollar range. But you know, to play competitive games and recent games, you know, I think anywhere between a thousand and two thousand is generally kind of where the price level's falling. So.
0: And what about RAM and all that?
1: Well. It's still a consideration. I mean, it's crazy the price of it. You know, you're getting two, three, four gigs of RAM in a machine now. So, uh, I think that's kind of less of a cost prohibitor. It's more about how kick-ass and souped up do you want your machine to be overall as you mix and match components. What are you willing to give up or do you want the top of the line, everything.
0: And have you been working for a while with DirectX?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I guess about ten years probably. You know, it's been around for a while. and it's definitely been interesting to see it evolve, and it's it's a great API. So
0: what what has some like what what has some of the growth been with DirectX? I mean, I think
1: let's see. Last time I worked with it from a programming standpoint was probably around 2005, and then you just look at it now. So I'm a little out of touch on the recent actual tech advancements with it. But you look at what it's able to do from a graphics standpoint, and um, you know, just the the approximation of complex computer graphics algorithms that DirectX can now support for you on hardware and just moving so much of that to your video card is, has been a great leap forward for game developers. So.
0: so being a game developer, looking into the future, what are you most excited about?
1: Well, I got into games, you know, over ten years ago and doing 3D software longer than that. And one of the things I always really wanted to do was create immersive gaming environments, right? To allow people to escape to these worlds, like your everyday life is pretty stressful. And that's what entertainment really is, movies and games, it's escaping to another world for a little while, right? So the more immersive we can make that, the more exciting I am, you know, I see that. So I see like some of the 3D 3D stuff coming online now. It's really great that it's low cost and it's high fidelity and high quality. It doesn't make your eyes bleed or you throw up or anything, you know? So that's really exciting to see, and just anything that's going to enhance the level of immersion, getting towards that ho- Star Trek holodeck is uh, exciting for me. So,
0: when do we get our hands on Homefront?
1: Homefront will be early 2011.
0: Early 2011. Thank you so much. We appreciate the time. Right on.